Welcome to HopeNet Radio, connecting generations to save lives from destructive lifestyles and suicide. Suicide was definitely something that was on my mind a lot. I wanted the pain of life to just stop. My dad is kind of verbally abusive, and he's also a workaholic. When I was hanging around with a bad group, I got raped. I was angry with God for the longest time. A couple weeks ago, my cousin hung himself. I really need to get closer to God. I just slipped so far. HopeNet Radio. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to HopeNet Radio. So glad you've joined us here tonight on the show. I want to welcome all of our new listeners to the show. I'm Jeff. I'm the director of HopeNet360. And you can check out information on HopeNet360 at HopeNet360.com tonight. Glad that you've joined us here on the show. Dave, Jason, guys, how you guys doing? Dave, Jason? Dave, Jason. Who's Dave, Jason? He's a guy with two names. Oh, that's two of us. Got it. Got it. <laughs> You ever, you ever talk to people with two names? It's pretty interesting. I have. Yeah. Hi, this is Peter Paul. You know, it's like, <laughs> no kidding, which name? No, yeah, whatever. Or John Boy. Or John Paul. <laughs> I have a good youth ministry friend. His name was Daniel Tyler, and I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. You guys know Dan Tyler. I, you know, whenever I got called by two names, I was usually in trouble. Oh, no. This is true. You know what I mean? My middle yeah. name's Allen, so if, if all of a sudden from another part of the house it was David Allen... You know, that, that wasn't a good thing. Have you ever met anybody with two middle names? Oh, yeah, and three. And three and yeah. four and, and oh, It's wow. like they, they, they name their their children after, like, every relative in the middle. Imagine getting upset at that child. I think they want yeah. to use, like, every letter in the alphabet for their name. George, Pete, Larry, Ben. Get over here. <laughs> Man, how big of a family you got? Actually, we only have one child. Yeah, yeah so <laughs> we have one. That's He's got 14 middle names. And when we get mad, we use all 14 of them. You know, it's like, what was the expression of your parents when they were upset with you? I mean, did they say your name different? Well, it, it actually makes me think of all those different names because I'm, I'm the youngest of six. And so there was times when I was younger where they'd get upset and they'd be like, stop it, Mark, Carl, that, that, which one are you? Whatever one you are. <laughs> I'm like, yes, you didn't know yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, I'm the youngest of two, and they did that to me. Yeah. I mean, it's like, Rick, and I and I wouldn't pay attention. All right, Dave. <laughs> That's pretty funny. I don't like getting in trouble myself. What happens? What did they call you when you were young? Did you have a special in-trouble name? Well, you know, they use your they use your full name. So mom yeah. would typically say Jeffrey, and, uh, you know, I, I like to go by Jeff now. So Yeah, so if Jeffrey it, was came out, you're in trouble. Yeah, I'm sure maybe if it was you, it was David. You yes. Know, you know, yes. So. Or David Allen. Yeah. yeah. If they threw the middle one in there, man, it was, like, yeah. real serious. Time to run. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, I just did a, a funeral where I spoke at a funeral of a dear friend, and uh, she was kind of interesting because she called me by my first and last name when she got serious. So she'd walk in the room, and, and we'd be working youth work or something, and she'd go, Dave Wager? And then she'd start talking. And and I knew if she used both my names, you know, we were talking about something serious. So it, it's interesting to read people a little bit, you know, I mean, to figure out how we operate. Uh, we all operate differently, and there's nothing really right or wrong about how we operate. We just operate differently. Mm-hmm. And uh, different backgrounds, different, um, you know, um, everything's so different about life. It's important that, that I think we begin to understand that, when we're speaking to somebody, they have a host of different experiences in life. They may not understand what we just said mm-hmm. because we're putting it through our own filters. They totally don't get it because they have totally different filters. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very interesting when you start thinking about um, how we communicate. This show, if you're new to this show, Conversations Save Lives is kind of our tagline for HopeNet Radio. And what we try to do is encourage conversation around various topics that matter to teens, young adults, and parents. And so tonight, we're going to continue our conversation about work. Last week, we talked a lot about work. Sometimes in our own minds, we think work should be avoided or the least amount of work or effort, if you will. And we talked about that at length last week. Go ahead and listen to the podcast at HopeNet360.com. But tonight, guys, carrying on with this conversation, making it a little bit more personal, I've been through different jobs, and we can talk a little bit more about some of our history in work as we've grown up. And a few years down the road, Dave, you're a little bit ahead of Jason and I, but we have all been in maybe difficult places in our life with our job. And some, some of you that are listening on the show have actually, instead of quitting your job or resigning or leaving, it's one of those embarrassing things that we don't really want to talk about is being fired. 
one of the things that brings us to a state of hopelessness sometimes is failure. Being fired is not really one of those proud moments in life. We tend to want to get rid of those moments and, and move on as quickly as possible. But I want to talk a little bit about being fired. I don't know if you guys have ever been fired. I haven't been fired, but being fired is, is one of those embarrassing things to talk about, isn't it? Yeah. You know what? I have not been fired, but I have fired. Uh, and that's a, a, the worst experience of my life, actually, um, because of the fact that the people that work with you and, and for you, if you want to call it, if you're a business person, um, you want to make them successful. And, and the firing is actually a failure on everybody's part. It's a failure on, on, the, uh, on my part as somebody who hires people. Um, I, for some reason, I could not make this situation work. I could not get this person to succeed in what I thought they could. So it's a failure on my part. It's a failure on their part, possibly. I mean, it's a, it's a collective failure. Uh, one of the things I feel sorry for, though, is I'm, I'm not sure that we can use in our present-day climate uh, firings and hirings. I'm not sure we're hearing what's really going on because of all of the political correctness and all of the fear of lawsuits and all of the paperwork that needs to be done, actually meaningless paperwork at many times. We have all this stuff going on, but behind closed doors, don't you ever wonder what really is said? Because you'll never know because they guard what they say. They say things a certain way and, and, and they're saying it a certain way because it's legal, it's defendable. But, but the truth of the matter is they might shut the door and go, you know, this guy's got such bad breath that I can't handle him around the office anymore. And I have been looking for a way to get rid of him. I, I mean, don't you wish you could be a mouse in the corner and, and hear that? Because if it was an issue about bad breath, you could fix that. Mm-hmm. But nobody has the courage to tell you that that's the real issue, so they fire you instead for not showing up on time. You know, and 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 they found a way to do it legally, and they've documented it in fourteen different places, and and everything is right about what. The, and you walk away feeling defeated. And the truth is, nobody's helped you get better because they won't tell you the truth. Mm. And I think that's a sad fact behind it is that oftentimes when you do face situations, whether it's being fired or, or not getting hired for a job, they usually give you the same list of reasons, you know, that are politically correct. They just choose one of them that that could apply to your situation. And so as a person, then there's no way for you to learn and to grow from that experience to make yourself better or to see, all right, I need to improve on this spot. You know, instead it's like, all right, I got on the next job, you know, and and do the same thing. And and it, it could potentially lead down a path where you might be doing the same thing that nobody wants to tell you that Nobody wants to have you around for, but you never know it. Right. You know what? It's like this. I mean, have you guys ever seen tryouts for American Idol? Yeah. Have you ever seen yeah, that? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, I've only seen a couple of them, but the ones I've seen, there are some people that try out that really shouldn't be. Yeah. You ever notice that? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, they're mm-hmm. singing terrible. Yep. I mean, they're terrible. And, and before they start to the interview them and they say, well, everybody told me how wonderful I was and all this kind of stuff. And I'm thinking, everybody lied. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean... Where is the room for truth in this? Can, you know me, Jason. Am I musical? Not usually. No. So if, <laughs> if you came to me and said, Dave, you, you, don't, you know, we don't yeah. want you leading music, yeah. I'd go, what, am I a bum? No, I wouldn't do that. The truth is I shouldn't be. Right. And, and, and because you are honest with me doesn't make you a bum. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, somebody should have told some of those American Idol people, you know what, you ought to go into um, uh, physics, you know, or something else where you're not singing. <laughs> because it, it, it's not your gift. Right. It doesn't make you a bum. In fact, think of it. Think of the circumstances. Somebody is singing in front of, like, how many millions of people, and people are putting earplugs in and laughing and thinking, no kidding. What is this person singing for? Somebody along the line should have helped them and said, not your gift. Let's find your giftedness instead. And um, I'm not sure we're able to do that because it seems like there's so many people who are just lied to. If they say they're, you know, I really like this, I'm really good at this, people go, oh, very good. Grandma told me I'd be the next Liberace, you know, so I bought a really sequin suit and I'm sitting here at the piano. And, and you're thinking, Grandma lied. You know Liberace. What I mean? Yeah, Liberace. Yeah, yeah, never mind. He, he was an old piano player that was kind of eccentric. Uh, but the bottom line really is I, I just wonder in this work world and in the United States climate, if the young people, the people that are listening to this program, if they have been dealt honestly with so that they can actually be helped, no. and I don't think lying to them helps them, and yet we're in a climate where it seems like we try and figure out how to get around the absolute truth, and maybe we need to talk about that more this show. Join us on the tweet back right now. Use the hashtag tweet, HNRTB on Twitter. You can also go to hopenet360.com slash tweetback. Just sign in with your Twitter account. 
and you can be part of the conversation. would like to know maybe more of your story. You can share anything about job or work or any of your thoughts that come to mind as you're listening to the show tonight. You can also be anonymous if you want to just send us an email. You can also email us at hope at hopenet360.com. The conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. Hey, this is Tara Kay from HopeNet Radio. Today, all around the world, more people are enslaved than in any other time in history. January is National Slavery and Human Trafficking Prevention Month. Together, we can put an end to slavery. Check out HopeNet360.com slash slavery. One word. HopeNet360.com slash slavery. Are you hurting? Stressed out? Need somebody to talk to? Chat with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at hopenet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Jeff, DW, Jason, tonight talking about work. And one of the more embarrassing moments in some of our lives has maybe been when the job didn't pan out for us or maybe we were fired for whatever reasons. And it's not one of those proud moments in life. We're going to talk about being fired a little bit more and maybe some of the hidden things, some of the things that you don't necessarily hear from people who are your boss. And then we want to kind of focus on how you can be the best employee. Maybe talk a little bit more about some of these things that we can work on to become better as workers. Because again, we're wired to work. And one of the things that we kind of talked about last week and doing some more study on this work thing is work isn't really something that came in, you know, in the Garden of Eden after the fall of man. Right, Dave? No, it it was there. I mean, man was already taking care of the garden. Yeah. I think, and we talked about that clearly. If you didn't get last week's program, I encourage you to go to hopenet360.com, download it. And uh, and we talked more about the idea that it's, it's just really in us to work. God made us to work. And a lot of the misery in life is, is when people are trying to figure out how to do nothing because that's very unsatisfying. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and try it. It's very unsatisfying. Some of you are going, I wish I had the opportunity. You know, it's like talk to some people who are physically unable to do anything and have to lay around all day and, and ask how fulfilling the laying around is. You know, that's, that's not fulfilling. We're, we're fulfilled when we go out and do something. Yeah. And we should consider that a privilege. Well, I think to some extent after we sit around for a while, we just get bored. Yeah. Even when you go on vacation. You know, you go and you enjoy yourself. But I don't know about you, but I get to the point towards the end of it, it's like, all right, I'm ready to get home. I'm ready to get back into routine. You yeah. know, you get too much of just nothingness, yeah. you know, like you enjoy it for a little bit, but we're, we're built yeah. and designed to, to work to, and to give into, into something more beyond ourselves. Yeah. I, th- I think we've talked about it before. I mean, either you're going to live your life or invest your life. Yep. And if you invest, it takes, you know, it takes an effort. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love it at this point in my life. I look back in my life now. And there were moments, and, and I can look at what God has done. And I'm excited about, if God gives me another 20 years, what he will do. Yeah. Well, you don't have that if you're thinking, I just want to sit on a beach in Tahiti and sip lemonade. You know, I mean, that, that's just not going to happen. And by the way, if you want to sit on the beach in Tahiti and sip lemonade, it's not necessarily evil. But if that's your goal in life, and that's all you want to do, mm-hmm. my goodness, it, it, you're not made for that. You're actually wired to invest your life. That means use it so that it increases. Uh, in other people's lives. And I think we missed that. It's just not about money. I think we've talked about that. So go download that program at HopeNet360.com and catch up with us. Dave, you were talking in the break. We were kind of talking about being fired, and you mentioned it in our last part of the discussion, how being fired, someone who is fired, it's a failure on everyone's part. It's not just the worker who failed or who didn't show up to work or you know, wasn't doing a good job, was, you know, having to go through all these different performance plans or whatever, you know, whatever you have is, you know, improvement for your workers. But, you know, talk a little bit about that as far as from maybe an employer perspective, because I I haven't really had a lot of that experience in a corporate world kind of a setting or even, you know, so much as a ministry running and managing a lot of different personnel issues. Talk a little bit about that from that perspective of leadership Maybe some things that you wish you could have said to them or that maybe you did say to some yeah. of those when you were in those moments? Well, I tell you, whenever somebody has to be fired, at least in my experience, it's because I have failed as a leader. It's not, it's not just that they have failed in some aspect, and certainly they may contribute to that, but I have failed because the biblical mandate for leadership and the biblical mandate for all of us is to love the Lord our God, which means to obey him, and to love each other. And if I love another person, one of the things I want to do is look at them and make sure I'm giving them every opportunity I can to be successful. That's all. I want to make them successful. And, you know, Jeff, you and I have talked about that, you know, quite a bit. That's just part of what life should be. 
And so what we do on HopeNet Radio is, is we try and make each other successful. At what we do at Sober Trance is I'm trying to make people successful. Now, now that's where the rub comes, though, because there are different people who define success differently. And that's where you may have some real issues to have to, to deal with long term. Uh, some people think that, well, the way you help me be successful is give me a lot of money. Yeah. Well, money doesn't equate to success. We know that. And you can check that out. The way that you make me successful is by listening to everything I have to say and, and adjusting the whole operation to what I want. Well, practically, that doesn't work. So we have to be careful not to do that. Let, let me give you an example of that. Um, there, there always has to be leadership. Always in a home, in a business, in a school, there has to be some kind of leadership, whether you like it or not. And the leadership is not necessarily right or wrong, but they have responsibilities. So when we build a building here, we put one person in charge and that person has to make all the decisions in the building. What color the carpeting, what color the walls, what's going on. One person does that. Now, the rest of us can have input. But here becomes the problem. A lot of places fall apart because people think, well, you don't respect me and my views and you didn't ask me. And it's like, you know what? Yeah. Everybody can give input. But in the end, there's one color that the carpet's going to be. Yeah. You know, yeah. and somebody has to decide that. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to put yourself always at odds against the person deciding that, then you're going to have a rough work experience. Mm-hmm. See, what you've done is you, you've put their decision, their color carpeting decision as a personal attack against you and your credibility. Mm. When all it is is that somebody has to make the decision. That's all. It's not a right or wrong decision, but somebody has to make it. So I've asked our staff on numerous occasions, let's not let that get in the way. You know what I mean? So if somebody does let that get in the way, all of a sudden they're out of place. You know, it doesn't work in the system. And, and so we have to begin talking about, okay, can you let it work or do you have to leave the system? And eventually if they have to leave the system, then either I couldn't communicate or I guessed wrong on their personality and hiring them in the first place or you know, something just didn't mesh right here. Mm-hmm. And if I'm really wanting their success, I mean, I, I have uh, had to fire people where they have disagreed totally with what I'm doing. And I have had to, um, if you want to call it fire people, I, I've had people come in and I've asked them, um, you don't seem happy anymore mm. with what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, and they, they would tell me, no, I'm not. I said, so why are you doing it? And they looked at me, and I'm the boss, so it's hard to, to you know, talk to them. Yeah. I said, no, just level with me. Why? And they said, well, I just don't want to do this the rest of my life. Mm. Okay. I said, in this organization, where you're at in that area is as high as you're going to go. So... Let me help you. You see, immediately I kick into that. I want to help you routine routine, because that's what we're about. And I said, let's start making a transition for you to do something else. And let me help you do that and find a job and do something that you're satisfied with. And you know what? That turned out really excellent because that person stayed with us. We made a transition here. That person's in a job today that he loves. He's doing well. Everything. We have a great relationship. Uh, I had another guy come to me once and, and he came here and I believed after about five years here, I thought, you know what, if I am faithful to this friend of mine who came here, he was a young man that I was, I was mentoring, helping. I thought, I really think his time here should be done. Mm-hmm. Not because he's evil or doing anything wrong. I just think, man, he needs to grow somewhere else. I, I think mm-hmm. this is, I think he's plateaued here. Yeah. And I remember sitting with him and I looked at him and I said, you know, this is awkward, but if I really felt like you should go somewhere else for your betterment, how do I tell you that? Mm. He's so appreciated, but the first couple of days, he said, the, the first words out of his mouth were, are you firing me? Yeah. And I said, no, no, I'm not. I, I said, but here's what I'm convinced of. And I told him, do you know, within a couple of months, he resigned and, and he was very glad he did. And he went out and took on some other challenges and that kind of thing. I, I tell you, it was an awkward moment for me mm. because I felt if I was faithful to him, I needed to fire him. Mm-hmm. But because he was getting comfortable with just the salary and being here, but it wasn't good for him anymore. And I thought, man, we just don't allow each other to do that in the business world or even in the Christian business world. Right. And, and I, would, I would, you know, if there's bosses listening today, you know, I, I would beg of you to love the Lord your God with all your heart and love the people that you work with and think in terms of how can I make them successful. And, and I do know maybe in another segment we can talk about what happens when the person you're firing doesn't want to get fired and, get, and it turns ugly. I mean, that, that happens too. Yeah. And I've been through both of those extremes. There's something to be learned on each. I would much rather be somebody who actually wants the success of those that work with me and have the courage to tell them the things that are stopping them from being successful rather than springing something on them one day 
and uh, and not being truthful with them because the goal is their growth down the road, not not uh, hurting them in any way, shape, or form. You know, as you're listening tonight, you're probably thinking when you're listening to Dave talk, I don't know how I find a boss like this, but that is not how the world works. And for some of you who have been in the workforce for a long time, you're probably at that point where you're like, this is not even, this isn't even close to it. None of my bosses ever wanted to make me better. None of them wanted to help me improve. None of them, you know, transitioned me to going to a better place. It was always about what I was doing, how I was producing. And if I wasn't measuring up, they'd just find somebody else and replace me. You know, the world operates in a different frame of mind. We're going to talk more about this as we go on in the show. Remember, you can chat with a live coach anytime tonight if there's something going on in your life. Maybe you have lost a job. Maybe you're going through a difficult season in your life. Chat with a live coach at HopeNet360.com. The conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. We're connecting parents with their teens in real conversations that save lives. HopeNet Radio on Q90FM. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to HopeNet Radio. Jeff, DW, Jason, your host tonight on The Conversation. Join us on the tweet back right now. We're on Twitter. Use the hashtag HNRTV. Share your thoughts tonight. Maybe some questions that you have. We're talking about work. We're kind of piggybacking off of our conversation last week as we were talking about the point of work, why we work, why we're wired to work. And if you missed that show, you can go and download it. We're on iTunes, TuneIn Radio, and Stitcher Radio app. So you can go ahead and download the shows, share them with your friends, because this is a conversation that, again, it does save lives. And when we talk about things that bring about hopelessness and feelings of maybe despair or being discouraged, maybe afraid in some ways, some of that is tied to our job. And what we're doing to provide for ourselves, maybe if you have a family, just to provide and put food on the table. When you're going through a difficult time at work, oftentimes what we do is we equate who we are, our identity, by what we do. We talked about this last week, how many of us guys will define who we are by the job that we work at or by the title that we hold. And it's not always, that's not always the best thing to do, but we do that naturally. Tonight we're kind of talking about the difficulties in failing at your workplace. So being fired or going through just some real difficult transition times in your workplace, how do you handle that? They've, Jason, you guys, as we're talking about this in our world today, we've kind of been going through this period of unemployment. We've seen some of these things. I'm not uh, an economist by any means, but I've known a lot of friends. I have some friends who are in jobs where they're miserable. I have other friends who have been laid off, who have been maybe part of budget cuts, maybe were in a temporary work environment and they're seeking employment. And there is, there's kind of this, this self-esteem problem that goes on when you're in the midst of those situations, whether you're in a job that you really don't like and you're looking for a way out or a transition. And for those who have been fired or who have been laid off, there's just this insignificant feeling in your life that, man, if I only would have done this, or if I would have just, you know, showed up earlier or done a better job on this, or didn't have this happen, or this person didn't get mad at me. I kind of want to talk more about some of these backdoor conversations that would happen from a perspective of someone who is a boss or in leadership, what things should we know? One of the things, um, obviously, is that nobody is forcing you to work at the place you're working at. You know, sometimes we feel like victims. Nobody's a victim when they go to work. You chose to work there. If, If it's not working for you, be noble about it and leave. You know, don't blame everybody on the way out for, for a problem. And, yeah, you know, the, the real problem is in all areas, whether it be marriage, work, whatever, is that we are sinful people who live in a sinful world. There is not a boss you will ever work under that is not sinful. So you shouldn't pretend that they're not. And likewise, there's, there's not any worker that's not sinful. I mean, let's live in reality. Now, that doesn't give us an excuse for anything. This, this puts it in perspective. I remember I was sitting with a group of, of men, and, and we were talking, and they were um, actually um, people who work in a factory, and I was having a Bible study with them. They were just railing on the owner and the management and that kind of thing. And they were union guys, and they were just, you know, in fact, the president of the union was one of them. And I stopped them after I said, this is a Bible study. You guys are beating people up left and right here. See, what they were doing is focusing on... Um, the uh, people who had the purse strings. And I looked at him, I said, if you're, you know, I, I asked him a few questions. I said, is this company public owned or private? Private. So there's one person that owns it. Yes. And, and they say, this is what they want you to do. Right. Right. And you don't like it. Right. Then go work at Walmart. I mean, wh- yeah. what in the world are you doing here? You know, well, we think he should change. 
Well, you can think he could change till you're blue in the face. I mean, this guy is the owner of the company. He owns the assets. And he's saying, if you want to work here, here's the deal. If you don't want to work there, leave. have the courage to leave mm-hmm. and go somewhere else. Why, why are you staying here when you hate working here? And they all looked at me like I was from outer space. You know, it's like, so as a boss, I, I would think, you know what? If, once you understand the ground rules, if you say, boy, this stinks, why don't you go work somewhere else? I mean, it, it, honestly, it, it, otherwise you're going to beat your head against the rock for years and have trouble. What, what was interesting is I actually called that boss up. He lived in another state and invited him to a meeting because I got these guys. I said, well, you know what? It, here's the biblical thing to do. You got some differences. You want to work there? You need to talk to the guy who owns the company, not about him. Mm-hmm. And so I called him and, and I remember talking to the guy. He goes, who are you anyway? And I told him, he said, why are you calling me? Because I didn't work there or anything. Yeah. I said, well, because I'm a Christian guy and I, w- I want to settle this, you know, and I... And um, eventually, believe it or not, and here's what ticks me off, Jason and Jeff, the union stopped it. Really? Yeah, they stopped the meeting. Hmm. Because I, I called the president up, just friends. I mean, I'm not even friends. I didn't know who he was. And I said, you know, I would like to invite you to a Saturday. We have these Bible studies. I would like to invite you. And, and I would like you to sit with us. And I would like these guys to ask you the questions they have. And then I could see, I could just sit there and moderate so that nobody gets ugly because my goal is success for both sides. Yeah. And, the, and, the, and the owner of the company is going, and who are you again? You know what I mean? It's like, you're weird. Okay. So he was coming at a certain time and we had it all set up and I got a call from him. Sorry, the union leadership, the, the union, not the union local, but the bigger one said, you can't do that. You can't go meet with people. And I thought, you know, there are so many silly regulations somewhere that stop us from helping each other. Mm-hmm. I was so mad at that. And, and to this day, they have not been able to get together with the owner. Wow. They did have me come for about a year and a half. Uh, every time the union and the administration met, the, the owner was never there and, and kind of sit there to just observe and give them my observations. But other than that, nothing was done. And, and I'm telling you, I just told the guys, and look, you have a couple choices. You, you can either work here and work hard as unto the Lord, or you can say, this is not for me, and leave. Those are your choices. And I know people are saying, well, how do I feed my family? But, well, you know what? If you're working right now, go listen to the other programs. If you're working just so you make money, you're going to be miserable anyway. You'll never make enough, and you'll be miserable. Yeah. You work because it's a calling. It's just one of those things that I look at and go, there's too many obstacles to allowing us to help people in the system. Yeah, and I think there was a key thing that you said there is regardless of the situation, you either work as if you're working for the Lord or, or you go do something else. And I think it's going back to the heart of why we work. And you just said that, you know, if you're working just to get money, you might as well just stop now. You right. know, but if, you, if you're working to bring glory to God and to look for opportunities to show people who Jesus is, that, that's really what it's about. And if you're doing that, employers will see that work ethic that you have. Yeah. You know, because I even see that I have, to, I have to choose a team of people to work with me over the summer. You know, and that's what I'm looking for. You know, I, to me, personalities, all that, you know, I can learn to, to work with people. But what I want is somebody who's willing to put in the effort, not because of the job, but because they want to honor God and everything that they do. They might not be good at it, but they're right. still going to give 110% because yeah. that's, their, that's their job. I, I want them to have the things that I can't train them on. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can train people to put a, a nut on a screw, I mean, or bolt, whatever you do with them with. It, obviously, I don't work in that field. But I, I could train them to do that. Yeah. But as far as attitude, competence, as far as character, mm-hmm. as far as working hard, as far as respect, I can't train them on that. Right. And, and those are behind-the-scenes phone calls that I get from employers. Right. They, they know young people go through here, and they were calling and say, look, this is what I can't find out from the resume. Mm-hmm. Is this person somebody we can trust? Right. And that's what they ask me. And it's usually off the record. You know, it's like, in other words, I have to make a decision based on something. I'm not going to talk to this person about anybody else, but I'm asking you because you know them. Are they this kind of person? Right. Which is why they put references on jobs. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what employers don't necessarily tell you up front is that those are the things that they're looking for. But they can't ask you those things directly because it's not quantifiable right. and to be politically incorrect to actually hire you on those things. Right. And if I ask you if you're a man of character, you're going to say yes. Right. If you're a woman of character, of course I am. Yes. All right. Let me check. Yes. You know, I mean, it's like yeah. that doesn't work. I'm going to ask. And, and you know, what's really interesting is they say to me, all right, they didn't put your name down as a reference. But a reference told me another name who told me that you knew them well. So these guys check it out to a, a deeper degree. Yeah. 
because they're trying to figure out, does this person have what I can't train them to do? Mm -hmm. It's not the training they're looking for. It really isn't. I have never seen somebody say, I really don't care about their character. I want them them to know how to weld. You know, I I don't hear that. Mm -hmm. It's like, I can train them how to weld. Yeah. But I need character. I need to be able to trust. And that's something, if, if you violate trust, the person in charge is going to have to figure out a way to let you go. Man, that's, you guys said so much in there, how important it is that we do things like being faithful in our workplace. Maybe we can talk about this in the second half of HopeNet Radio, but things that we can do ourselves that tend to sabotage our jobs, maybe put us in a position where we could be fired. And of course, there there are so many different possibilities, but a few different principles that I think we can go to and talk about more on the show. Be a part of our tweet back right now. Be on Twitter. Tweet. Tweet, tweet. We're on Twitter right now. Use the hashtag HNRTV. We'd love to hear your thoughts here on the show. We'll be back with the second half of HopeNet Radio. Hey, this is Tara Kay from HopeNet Radio. Today, all around the world, more people are enslaved than in any other time in history. January is National Slavery and Human Trafficking Prevention Month. Together, we can put an end to slavery. Check out HopeNet360.com slash slavery. One word. HopeNet360.com slash slavery. Feel like nobody cares? We do. HopeNet360.com has an online crisis chat line powered by Groundwire. A live coach is available to talk right now at HopeNet360.com. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to the second half of HopeNet Radio. Glad that you've joined us here on the show. Jeff, DW, Jason, your host tonight. This is the conversation that saves lives. And tonight on the show, we're talking about work. We've been talking about being fired. Some of us have been down that path before where things did not work out at our job. Many of us have worked in the workforce for quite a few years. Maybe if you're a young person, you're just in your first job. That's awesome. You know, it's so great to see young people working and especially when young people work hard, because I think today young people get such a bad rap about their work ethic. And while, yes, you're new at this thing called a job and being responsible and and taking care of different things, sometimes we get this rap of being lazy or not putting in the effort that we would expect even from a young person. So if that's you tonight and you're just struggling with that, hopefully tonight on the show we're giving you some things to consider and how you can be the best worker, not just for your workplace, but the best worker for God. And maybe if you've been down that road of being fired before, we hope that we give you some kind of hope, something to cling to, to help you realize that it's not over. This isn't the end. It's just, it's a failure. And sometimes failure is hard to to accept in our lives. We have a very hard time accepting failure. If you're like me, a perfectionist, we have a hard time with that. But we were kind of talking in the last segment about this whole idea of ways that we can sabotage ourselves in ways that we can put ourselves in position to being fired. There are moments and there are things that I would look back on in my life and say, yeah, I would probably think that these could be some of the ways that maybe I have sabotaged myself or that other people around me have said that they have maybe focused on the wrong things. But things you know, like this, getting focused on the problems, the negatives, the dysfunction of the job. I don't know if you guys have been in a place where there was a lot of negativity or there were just a lot of problems, a lot of dysfunction, and sometimes that can really be a hang-up for people. Yeah, we're sinful people living in a sinful world. There's dysfunction in every job that you'll ever be in because we're sinful. There are going to be people that have better days and worse days. There are going to be people that say things that they regret and say things that uh, they should have said, and you're going to be one of them as well. Part of it is understanding that we need to be gracious to one another Mm -hmm. and and the idea that we, we all have good days and bad days. Uh, the other is, I, I think we keep focusing on what others have. Yeah. You know what? If if you're focusing on what others have and deciding what you're going to do because of what they do, hmm. uh, then you don't understand work. Go listen to our other program and that kind of thing. We we work because God made us to work. We work to honor him. And, you know, I, no matter where you work, you represent the king. Hmm. You, you represent him. And that's why you're there. If you're working at Walmart today and you're stocking shelves, you are the one that is representing God there. And your job is as important as my job today because we're both doing the same thing. We're doing it in different places. Hmm. And, and we have to be able to have the right mind frame, I think, or we're going to be frustrated. Another thing that came to mind, Jeff, while you're talking is a lot of times people don't understand that organizations change. Yeah. And they're not willing to change. Right. It's like, well, I came here to do this. Well, we don't do that anymore. Yeah. Well, then you need to find a job for me. Well, now you've just put all the employers in a, in a tough spot 
Because it's like the whole organization grew and changed. Either you change and grow with us, or we don't have a place for you. It's not really about being mean or anything else. Yeah. It's like if, if, if I was building cars and we were using people to uh, put windshields in, and all of a sudden um, the company bought a windshield installer robot. <laughs> you know, all right, I just got replaced by robot. Yeah, so could we train you to do, um, you know, dashboards? No, I, I was here to do windows. Well, now you just put the employer in a really tough spot because, you know, we did this. Why don't you just do it the other way? Well, because to have somebody hired to do Windows costs us this amount and to have the robot do it costs us this amount. The goal is that we can pay everyone uh, salary and et cetera. And, and really, we have to be a little bit careful because there are many out there, many, who basically will use people because they love themselves. Mm-hmm. We have to understand, being in a sinful world, in a, in a secular world, that that may happen. The truth is we want to work towards where we love people and use ourselves to help them be the best they can. Mm. And that, that's either as a worker or a boss. So that's a little different. I think in the long run, those who love God, do we really trust that he's put us where we're at to represent him? And do we really trust him to meet our needs? That's the real question. If we're really trusting money... In 1 Timothy 6, it says, uh, verse 9, But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. That, that's an attitude thing right there. And the next verse is, is one quoted a lot. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evils. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. You know, we get to the point where we say, well, I just want my paycheck and I'm just, the desire just for the money, the money that's controlling us, the money part of it is causing problems. It's not about the money. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what we have to understand. And, and, you know, Jason, let me ask you this. You grew up and uh, you're younger than I and Jeff, you guys are about the same age. Mm-hmm. When you're growing up, did people tell you, well, it's real important to go out and make money? I mean, just go out and make money and find a job and be responsible, that kind of thing. I think that was understood, yeah. Yeah, I heard that from some people. Yeah, okay. Well, would, would anyone come to you and say, you need to go out and represent Jesus well in the workplace and, and just forget the money part? Mm-hmm. Oh, you need to work. Yeah. But here's the emphasis. You need to go represent God well, mm-hmm. no matter where you're at. And you know what's going to happen is, is some people who do that, they'll, they'll work and they'll get paid, you know, not that much. But, man, they're doing something, and they're doing it for the king, and they're seeing God use them, and it's a thrill. And there's others who would do that, and they'll end up being the CEO of the Green Bay Packers or something. Yeah. You know? And they're going to get paid way too much for what they do. So, so you got the, the disparity out there. you got people who are working for the king, and one is the CEO for a company. Yeah. And one is working on stocking shelves at a, a local dime store. You know, I mean, one of those things. It, it, and then we look at it. No, don't look at other people. See, when you look at others, that's when you get in trouble. Yeah. And here's what I would suggest. If you are one of those who make a lot more than you need, please be generous. Yeah. We all have the same rules, if you want to call it, for the resources. They're not ours. So, so you need to be generous. For those who are not making much, don't complain. Mm. Those are the two rules. If you're, if you're on one end of it, Man, look for ways to use your resources to help those who don't have as many. Yeah. And, and, and if you're on the other side, well, don't complain. Enjoy the fact that you have the opportunity to serve God. And, and I, you know, that may be um, advice we don't hear all the time, but I would love parents and teachers and et cetera to start encouraging people to work for something greater than money. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and Dave, even looking at that, the passage that you just read there in First Timothy, I love how it goes on because you you read up to verse ten where it talks about the the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. But then you go to verse eleven and it gets at what the heart of what you're talking about. It says, "But as for you, O man of God, flee these things, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith." For me, that imagery is, is exactly what it is: is when our attitude isn't just going to naturally happen. We need to fight and make sure that our attitude is always set on that truth. You know, right. that the reason that we work is so that we can bring glory to God, you know, but that, that's not always going to happen. Yeah. We what, need to keep that in front of us. What is it telling you to flee, Jason? What, what is it telling you to flee? It says to flee these things, the, the things that it just talked yeah. about. The, know, love the love of money. The love of money, the craving exactly. for 
for so, all this So shelter. then most people that are listening are saying, the only reason I'm going to work right. is so that I have money. Yep. See, what, what happens is we love things, mm-hmm. and we use people to get them. We use jobs. When, when we should not love things, we should love people and use things. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a totally different mind frame. Um, and, and I think for healthiness, we need to have the mind from us, today I can get up and I can go where God called me. Maybe God called me to be in a mission uh, work like Silver Birch Ranch and not get you know, paid like a, an executive from another big company. I need the freedom to do that. Yeah. And then I don't need to complain. You know, I mean, I get to get up every day and do something I love to do. Mm-hmm. I, I think the reason why guys my age are so looking forward to retirement often, you know, they count the days, they count the weeks. A lot of them have been working and the, the mistake they've made is, is I'm working to just make somebody else rich, to get my paychecks that one day I don't have to answer anybody. I mean, go look at the, in the Bible, the, the rich fool that God talks about. That's exactly what was going on there. Yeah. We don't work that way. If you do work that way, I promise you this, you will look so forward to Saturdays because you don't have to have anyone tell you what to do anymore. The truth of the matter is, I look, you know, you can look forward to every day the same. And, and enjoy what God's doing with you. But we need to adjust our walk with God. That's the real issue. And, and we need to contrast uh, those who are not. Got a question on our tweet back that I think we're going to cover in the next part of our conversation. How is God working in my favor if I've been fired? And I think this is a question that a lot of people will ask. So we'd love to hear your thoughts on the tweet back. Use the hashtag HNRTB if you're on Twitter. We'll be back here with more on HopeNet Radio. If you're going through something tonight, a live coach is waiting to talk to you at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, Hope at HopeNet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to the show. Remember, you can chat with a live coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. We hope you do tonight, especially if this has been a difficult season for you in life or you just need maybe some wisdom on a decision that you need to make. There are live coaches that are available just to chat with you at HopeNet360.com. And they're there 24-7 around the clock. We're so thankful for Groundwire and for what they do. All the coaches there are all volunteers, and they spend time and energy, and they share insights, and just like we do on the show, wisdom that we have been given by God through the years uh, based on our experience. And some of those experiences come in failure. A lot of times we learn the most valuable lessons in the midst of failure a time where you have failed and you've had to accept failure in your life. We don't like to do that as people. None of us, especially us guys, we have this ego thing where we do not like to admit failure. We do not like to admit weakness. And we do that on the show. We talk about things that matter to teens, young adults, and parents. And any one of you guys have had experiences with failure in your life. We're all going to experience failure. How we approach it and how we respond to it is really what we're talking about tonight. So I want to hear more from you guys on the tweet back. Use the hashtag HNRTB. Share some thoughts with us on our conversation tonight. We would love to hear from you. But Dave, Jason, you guys, you know, there are just some times in our life where maybe some of those that are listening have gone through some really hard firings. Dave, you kind of brought this up earlier in the conversation of what we do and how we respond, whether you've been someone who has fired someone and it was a difficult firing or you've been fired and it was messy and things blew up and feelings were hurt and maybe there are still ill feelings today how we deal with those things Dave you're kind of talking about that I'd love for you just to kind of elaborate on that yeah you know I've had some real tough firings where I have not slept days before them Um, I knew the people because we've hired people that we begin to love and, and encourage in the faith and that kind of thing and I really looked at the firing as my failure and our failure as a system but yet the firing still had to take place because the individual still has to take personal responsibility for what they're doing, regardless of what I might have done or anyone else in the, in the, in the idea of uh, not making it work. For, for example, someone come in my office and it's time for me to talk to them about not working here anymore because, you know, either they're just not doing their job or they're spreading in a ministry. They're, they're talking about people behind their back or there's negativity or something like that, something that cannot mix with the Spirit of God working on these grounds, which is a little different than other places possibly, or they're just not doing their job. They're just not doing it. They're, they're coming in late. They're not doing it. They're busy doing something else. Re- regardless of the reason, when somebody comes in uh, and I talk to them, I always have someone else with me to make sure that things are uh, understood as far as uh, from an outside perspective. Uh, but here's, here's what I've learned. Number one, it is very tough on myself because of the fact that I feel so responsible. I mean, I, I do. Um, but secondly, that doesn't matter at that moment because the person I'm firing 
no matter what I do, they will attack how I fired them. And they will miss the reason they got fired. Uh, so when they leave, what they're going to tell people is, you know, and many times you work it out so that you'd let them resign. I mean, it's not the goal that the world knows something happened like that. But when they leave, what they tell the people around them is, yeah, well, maybe I should have done this better or maybe I should have done that better. Maybe, maybe they have a case there. But the way that he told me, the way that it came up, how it was done, and somehow in the whole process, this is what I know. If it's a hard firing, at the end of it, I'm going to be the person they blame. It isn't going to be themselves. They will accept no responsibility, really. And they might by just sugarcoating and saying, yeah, I did some things wrong. But then they're going to spend the whole time on, he could have uh, taken me out to dinner and done this, done it this way. He could have, you know, met with me and my wife. He could have done, there have been, uh, you know, I've been here 30 some years. So there's been more than one firing and I've done it different ways. And I have lost every single time. It does not matter how I do it. I can be as sensitive as I try to be. You guys have heard me talk. It's not like I go out there and try and be a jerk. That, that isn't the goal. But no matter how I do it, if it's a rough firing, if they disagree with me, I am the problem eventually. So here's my advice to people. You know, if you are in a situation where you, you do get fired, uh, would you please learn from the situation instead of blaming the process for the firing? I don't know that there is a good process. I mean, if you were to give your, your boss or whoever's in charge a, a recommendation, a list of here's the proper way to fire me, really? I yeah. mean, how would that work? Uh, so I would suggest now at an unemotional time like I am right now, whatever it might be, my suggestion would be if you're going to get fired, learn something from it. Become a better person because of it. And understand that the person firing you, they're sinful. They could have done the process wrong. They probably are as uncomfortable with it all as you are. They probably are going to fumble for words and try and figure it out. They do not like it either. You know, I mean, if they like it, they shouldn't be in charge. Realize those things and then grow from it. Uh, I do think that it's God's mercy. If we're really trusting in God and not people, that kind of thing, and we get fired, it could be that God is saying, you know, who, how, how can I show you that you need to work on something? And in his love, he's showing us, you need to work on this. If we work on it, I know so many people who down the road were glad they were fired because they learned something from it. They became better people. They, they responded better in the future. They became better in relationships. Why? Because they realized, you know, somebody took a stand. But at the moment, you know, my wife has a rule, not a rule for me, but she's pretty observant of me after 30-some years of marriage. And um, she really likes it when I start with my second response and not my first. You know what I mean? The first yeah. response is not always very good. Yeah. Right. And I think if I'm calling somebody in to, to fire them, their first response, and, and if you're one being fired or haven't, your first response is probably not the one you want to hang on the wall. What I would suggest is you go think and pray about it and ask God how to honor him in it yeah. and, and then hang it on the wall with your second response. And, and I have found that if, if I would just be quiet during my first response time and think about it, I usually can come out with a better response. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that maybe that's counting to 10. I don't know what it is. I, you know, but we take it as a personal attack. A lot of times it really isn't. It, it might be. I, I'm saying we're sinful mm-hmm. people. It could be a secular situation. It could be a Christian situation where the boss is a power-hungry monger and just wants to fire you to show power. I understand that. Yep. But, but you actually need to trust God and not that job and boss anyway. And you need to honor the king, whether the king is godly or not. You need to honor him. It's so important to guard your heart, too, in those moments. And, you know, when we talk about work, and we talked about this, Dave, last week, the reason that I think people get so worked up and the reason that firings go wrong, I mean, you talk about it's hard to make a firing go right, but the reason we don't see a firing as a step up instead of we we see it as more of a setback is that we tie our identity to our job right. or our position. You know, some people who have gone to school for years to be specialized in the field they're in and all of a sudden budget cuts or, you know, they make a mistake and it, it ends up costing the company, you know, thousands of dollars or maybe a million dollars. You never know. But, you know, so our choices, you know, whether it was deliberate or, or not deliberate, um, we still have got to the point where we're on the chopping block. And that's a hard reality for a lot of You people. might be the guy getting a hatchet for somebody else's mistake because right. people do that. Right. I mean, that may be the reality of it. I, I understand that. But we still are responsible for our response. Right. My, my response now, outside of that whole thing, because we're not doing it right now, but is, all right, since you got fired, and it's not even right that you got fired, is it time to trust God now? 
Mm. I mean, is now the time to trust God? You, you've done what you think is right, etc. Why don't you learn from whatever the issue was and then ask yourself the tough question if you've been trusting God all along or not? Because you should be, yeah. regardless of whether you've got a steady job or you don't. None of us have a steady job, by the way. The economy can turn tomorrow, and, and many people could be without. And if they're saying, what am I going to do to live? It's a good time to say, what have you been trusting? Yeah. I mean, my goodness, let's let's trust God and see what happens and work hard. Yeah, and sometimes being fired is like the greatest fuel that you could throw on my fire. Right. Because it, it really does challenge me to, to make a change, and it's uncomfortable. But, you know, it's in those uncomfortable moments, those embarrassing moments, that I discover who I am. I see my ugliness, and I see where I need God to really work in my life. And the question that came in was, how do I see God working in my favor if I've been fired? You feel like maybe God has turned his back on you if he, if he allows you to be fired. And Dave, you said it so well. Sometimes being fired really is it's it's a step up. I think some employers actually do want to see their past employees succeed. Right. And for some of you who they don't see it that way, they you know, we see it as maybe it is fuel for our fire. Go out and do something great from it. Yeah. It doesn't mean that because you failed, because things didn't work out, that all of a sudden that's that's it. That's there's a fork in the road and you can never go up from there. Sometimes being fired is actually a step in the right direction for you. Yeah, yeah, it's uncomfortable, but you know what? There's something better in store for you. God God has you in his hands. So don't just trust in God because you have a certain position or a certain job. Trust in God because, you know, at the core of it, we're working for his glory. He has your best interest at heart. So don't worry about what you're going to eat or what you're going to wear or what you're going to do with the rest of your life. Just worry about being faithful and being focused on it. The conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. Love HopeNet Radio? Stay in contact all week long at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to HopeNet Radio. We're so glad you guys have joined us here on the show. And for all of you who are new listeners, thank you so much for being a part of our online community, for listening to the show and and subscribing. You can go and catch every podcast that we've done. We're on iTunes, we're on TuneIn Radio, and we're on Stitcher Radio. You can also visit our website, HopeNet360.com, for those links and to find all of our past shows, even as we've been doing the show for just over a year now. So this is exciting. You know, next week, Jason, I kind of want you to talk a little bit about some of the events that are coming up at Silver Birch Ranch. Yeah, this coming weekend, we got Winter Jam, which is our uh, high school winter event. You know, we kind of call it, you know, summer camp winter style. And we have over 230 high schoolers coming up for the weekend. Um, and you still have a chance, if you're not signed up to, to, to go online at uh, silverbirchranch.org and, and register and come for the weekend. Um, but it's a great time to come and connect with other high school students, um, to have fun, play some room ball, go tubing, cross-country skiing, all that fun stuff, snowball fights. we got plenty of snow up here. And not only that with the activity side, but it's a great opportunity to um, really get away from the busyness of life and focus and be challenged on your walk with God. We have a great speaker this year. Um, he has a great name. His name is Jason. It's not me. All right, cool. Um, <laughs> but a guy named Jason Chenoweth, who's a pastor down in Indiana, um, but it, he's going to come and, and, and bring the word, and, and we have a good worship team coming. So uh, hopefully, as you're here this weekend, you'll have time to really reflect on your walk with God. But not only that, Hope Net 360 is going to be out for the weekend, um, and we're hopefully going to be able to be available and, and talk with you guys. And even whether it's about things that we've been discussing on the radio here, whether it's past um, issues that we talked about, or even talking about what we've been talking about today, and, and how can I best present myself when going in for an interview, or I just got fired and I just want to talk about it with somebody here. We want to hear from you and really see what how we can help you guys out. We want you to be able to focus and just challenge yourself as you take a step away and, and really focus on your walk with God. So we'll be out here with HopeNet Radio and uh, also with Silver Ranch for you to come out, meet some new people that you've never met before, and really have a time to learn and grow and hopefully go home excited. And you'll be home in time for the Super Bowl. So if that's uh, one of your concerns, <laughs> you will be back in time for the Super Bowl to see and cheer for your team. But anyway, so yeah, come on out to Winter Jam. Come hang out with us. Uh, you'll be able to meet some of us with HopeNet uh, 360 and, and even just meet other people and just grow in your walk with God. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'll be up there. It's going to be just a great time. Lots of fun things to do up there and we'll do some recording stuff for the show so you can be a part of the live show which would be kind of fun too so check out that information on the show notes at hopenet360.com slash radio and you'll find those after the show we also have our podcast posted there but guys we've been talking about work and embarrassing moments in our life involving being fired or being let go 
you know, budget cuts, this sort of thing. It's not always fun to go through, but Dave, I'm wondering some of your final thoughts on it as we're wrapping up this conversation, how can we leave people with some hope and some encouragement? You know, I, one of the things I love to advise uh, people is to think about the things in life um, that you would do for absolutely nothing. Just, just think about, you know, why did God make me? What did he wire me to do? And if it's all about you and eating pizza on some beach, that's probably not it. But there's something else in your life that might be very difficult. You're saying, I, I would love to do this. I really think that the body of Christ is wired so that there are different areas for people to do. Some people are wired to work on a factory floor. Some are wired to be engineers. Some are wired to work at Walmart. Some are wired to do what I do. Or, you know, I mean, what you need to do is ask God, how am I wired? And then your work in life. Mm -hmm. You you need to go work, but you work to honor God and look for ways to honor him and use your life well. And, And, you know, again, if you get paid too much for that, Please be generous. And if, if you get paid too little for that, don't moan. Uh, look to God either way. If you're paid a lot, God will show you that the money that you have, you can't trust anyway. And if you're paid very little, God will show you that the money that you don't have, you can't trust anyway. So yeah. either way, you're in the same position. So I'd encourage our listeners, you know, get your life where you're loving God with, with all your heart, soul, and mind. And, and, the, and the reason you work is to honor him and to show people who he is. And get your life geared up towards loving others. If you have a boss today, make it your responsibility to make your boss successful. That's what you should do. Not just successful with money, but successful in life. If you are one who has a boss today, that, then you make sure that the people under you are successful today. Not just money-wise, but in their life. And I'm telling you, that would change the climate of work and it would change the climate of America, actually. It's a very simple process. Yeah, and we talked about this earlier in the show, too, but some of the ways that even as people who work, we can sabotage ourselves is you know, getting focused on those problems, the negatives, the dysfunction of the job or the workplace, and getting focused on the money. You know, We talk about this over and over. The love of money is the root of all evil. And once we get focused on the money part of it or the stuff or you know, living vicariously through other people's Facebook pages, seeing them go on these cruises like <clears throat> Jason. Uh, but you know, going through these people that just live you know, in ways that we want to live and we start focusing on those things, skipping the details. I think one of the things that will set you on the wrong course is when you just you, know, you let go of the detail stuff. Now, for me, I'm not really a detail kind of person. But now having to do this show, I have to take care of a lot of other details. There are a lot of other things that we can decide to do or to ignore. And as soon as we start ignoring the little things, that's a sure sign that you're going downhill and downhill fast. The other thing, Dave, you talked about it. Don't embrace change. If you want to sabotage yourself, just don't don't change. Don't be willing to change. Don't embrace change when it comes, even when it's uncomfortable. Just stay in the same routine, stay in the same mindset, in the same mode. You know, don't bother learning something new. Just stay the same. Another thing, the last thing, and Dave, you talk so much about this, is don't accept responsibility. You know, if you really want to sabotage yourself, you really don't want to do well in your workplace, just stop accepting responsibility. Blame other people for problems. And take ownership of things that you didn't even do. You know, those are the ways that we can really sabotage ourselves. But I think the other part of it, too, and Dave, you can kind of chime in on this as well, is how do we leave well? Yeah. So you're in a position now. Let's talk about that a little bit yeah. in, the, in the final moments of the show. It's come to, to be time to transition. This is a time to go. You're being let go. You're finding out that there is a possibility of it. How should we respond to that? Yeah, don't burn bridges. That's just the worst thing you can do. Think biblically. Think in terms of I trust God. My job is to show in this firing who God is and to make people successful around me. And even if you're getting fired, you should have that mind frame. I, I want to encourage our listeners, go to First Timothy chapter 6 and read it through several times. It's, it's the passage we're kind of anchoring on. And let God speak to your heart about what money and work and, and some things are about and the problems that, that do incur. And, and you'll find some answers there. But it's really about God and our relationship with him and loving other people. That's what life is about. That's what work should be about. That's what everything should be about. So let's make it about what it should be and we'll be much better off. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on TuneIn Radio app, or the Stitcher Radio app. We'd love for you to leave us a review. Let us know what you think tonight on the tweet back. We're on Twitter. Use the hashtag HNRTB. Anytime during the week, we'll retweet your thoughts. We might even post them. We might even share them more uh, with our followers. So we'd love for you to be a part of the conversation. You guys are awesome. Again, chat with the live coach. I can't encourage you enough. If there's a moment in your week where you feel like, 
I'm just overwhelmed. I'm feeling anxious. I'm afraid. I'm nervous. Maybe this has been a relevant topic for you tonight and you're not sure how to respond. There's a lot of questions, a lot of fear, a lot of anxiety. Chat with a live coach. Get your head on straight. I think it's so important to have someone you can go to and talk to about difficult things that come up in our life that we have no control over. And being fired, for those who are working at a job and you've got a boss over you, there's a lot of stuff that you don't have control over. And some decisions are made for you and it's not comfortable. It's always important to go and talk to someone who loves you, cares about you, and who loves God, who's going to point you in the right direction, point you upwards. So we're glad you guys have joined us here on the show. For Dave, for Jason, I'm Jeff saying so long. We'll see you guys online next week. Later. Bye.